following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Anybody ring your doorbell on Monday night? Nope. Not a person. Not a person. Shut her down, close the shades, lights off. Yep. All that stuff. Yep. My street's not really... Busy? No. No, because there's really not a lot of kids. No. We were driving around. We didn't go by your street. We went by my old house because we went by Vicks and Luke up the street on Alpine. Um, full-size candy bars. Of course. So show off. He, he always likes to... He always likes to do that. And I was like, should we go by Dan's and just ring the doorbell constantly? <laughs> I thought, I really thought about it. Just sit up there for five minutes and just I wouldn't constantly. have moved. I wouldn't have moved. He would have been going. My dog would that's, have been going nuts. And that's the, I yeah. told the girls, I'm just not going to do it because it'll drive Euchre insane. Yeah. So yeah. We, we didn't do that, but. He appreciates that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to this edition of the Intentional Foul. We have, as per usual, a lot of NFL to talk about. Um, trade deadline is over as of today as we're recording. Uh, baseball first World Series postponement in, since 2011 or something, I think I heard. Cardinals hmm. and Rangers, okay. I think. Yeah. Um, that was the year the Brewers didn't make it. So that so that gets that gets going, and the NBA is in full swing. Bucks are still undefeated. And, uh, and then we'll kind of put the wraps on a lot of the high school uh, football stuff. We're going to get ready for basketball and... Craziest football game I have ever been to. And obviously I had the privilege of calling it. That was the Whitewater game on Saturday. So we'll talk about that uh, over here in the next course of the 60 to 90 minutes or however long we can take to get through this stuff. So I, I didn't watch much of the Packer game on Sunday. It was birthday day. I was pooped. Beggs was, has been gone. So I had to do the whole show. So I was a good boy, stayed up for the first half, and I was largely convinced that, well, I'm not going to miss anything, so I went to bed. From what I saw, I was not impressed. Yeah, I didn't watch a ton of it. I was kind of doing some other stuff and um, catching bits and pieces of it, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of what we talked about last week. Like, I didn't really think they were going to get, like, I didn't think they were going to lose 38 to 10. I did. I, I just didn't. Okay. I think if, you know, if you take anything away from that game in the in, in a positive light, it's got to be that you successfully could run the ball. Yeah. Novel concept. And against, the, I think, the top run defense in the AFC. A if pretty the, good if one. If not the league. Yep. So, um, yeah, I thought it was interesting when I looked at the stats and I kind of read about the game as I got in the next morning and found out what I missed. Um, you know, they tightened things up. The defense did in the second half because the first half it was bad, referring to Green Bay. And that was really weird what Lafleur said on Monday, I think. I, I'm looking up the splits right now about how many runs they had and how many passes they had because it's been fairly lopsided. And I was complaining about, yeah, we need to run the ball more. We need to get the ball to Aaron Jones more, blah, blah, blah. They did a great job of that in the first half. And I think the splits were damn near 50%, if not 
the highest difference it would have been with like 55-45. And then LaFleur comes out and he says, yeah, we got to figure out a way to balance the offense more. And I was like, what? Hmm. Like, you, you've said that in the past when you're passing twice as much as you're running. Now you're nearly 50% and it's not balanced? Like, I don't, did you want to go 75-25? Right. In favor of running the ball? Is that a balanced offense to your, I mean, I don't, like, what do you want? I, I, I didn't really understand that. And, and nobody asked a clarification follow-up, of course. So I, I was just kind of curious, like, well, when, then what are we going for? Because you gave the ball to your guy that everybody has been complaining, including you, that you haven't been giving it to, and then you do, and then you're still not happy. So why well, I, remind Could, me again about your may, philosophy. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's just kind of grasping for something. I, I, I don't know. But, I have no idea. I mean, I, one thing that's very perplexing about this particular Packer team is – what the hell is up with their defense? Well, Domofsky wrote a, a column either early this morning or last night where it says now the players are getting pissed. Well, what do they got? They got like nine guys that start, I think, that that are either first or second round picks. Mm-hmm. And most of them are homegrown guys. Yeah. So, like, you're supposedly the talent is there. Supposedly. So, do you got a bad coordinator again? Is, is that the issue? That's the rumblings. I mean... And everybody said that right away, and then that went away when the defense actually did really good. Now they're doing really bad, and now that has bubbled to the surface again. So, you know, and they're starting to bring up his stints with Detroit and Washington and how his defense has never finished higher than 28th or whatever it is. So it's like, okay, and then Lafleur, of course, digs in his heels and says he's the guy that we want and blah, blah, blah. But if, if you're not getting the job done, but these are the guys you want to go to, to war with, uh, then I don't know what the problem is. Is it the guys or is it the scheme? Because a lot of people said for a long time it was Caper's scheme. It was old. Of course. We had the players. We had all these draft picks. We signed a couple of free agents. They're, then all of a sudden the defense is not putting them in the right place. And then it was Patton's fault. Right. So do we need different first and second round picks and these guys are just busts? Or what? Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Because I can't figure that out. I think most people thought this was going to be the strength of this team. Coming in, for yeah. sure. After the way they finished last year, yes. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, did you see that? I don't know if it was in the first half. I can't remember. Or maybe you saw the replay. It was uh, Josh Allen, oh I think, running God. down the sideline Savage going for a just, touchdown. Whee! He just Superman dove and didn't even touch him. Went right by him. Just dove out of bounds. Yeah. It's like, what, what the hell is that? It was a giant nothing burger. You know, this defense is getting their ass kicked, and you, you're running your mouth to Stephon Diggs and winding him up. Like, what are you doing? I don't know. It, it, it's it's very head-scratching. Because I, I thought this was potentially a top five or six defense in the league, and you couple that with what we thought was going to be one of the top running games in the league, and you're like, okay, well, this team should be pretty good. Jones had 20 for 143, Dylan had 10 for 54, and Rodgers had a carry, so 31, and then Rodgers threw 30 passes. 30 and 31. Yeah, 50-50, 51-50. Pretty dead even. Yeah. So, but we need to find a balance. We need to find a balance. Okay, tell me what the balance is. Yeah, that's a weird, that's just a weird comment. I, I, I know, I didn't really, that that was on our title town report this morning, and the, the guy who hosts was like, not really sure what he's talking about. So, I don't know, man. The, the, 
that organization is weird. Like, did you see um, John Kuhn is having a Twitter beef with this Peter Bukowski? Yeah, who's who does the locked on pat? He does like basically what Lauren, Lauren does for, but he does it for the Packers, and he had made some report. Um, it had something to do with the Rogers comments. Yep. Do, do you? I, I don't remember exactly. I didn't what follow it was. because I don't get into the weeds. But basically, Kuhn called Bukowski because Bukowski has been a fairly open critic about Rogers and his leadership style and stuff like that. And then Kuhn called him a drama queen. And then, of course, called Bukowski a drama. Yes. Queen. And then for stirring stuff up, and Kuhn wanting him to tell who his sources were in the locker room about. Rogers calling people out in his leadership style. And then Bukowski does the whole, a journalist doesn't reveal their sources and I'm not going to do that and blah, blah, blah. And Kuhn says, I can tell you for a fact, all those guys in the locker room don't have a problem with what he said. And Bukowski is, you know, saying, I know people that have told me in that locker room that they have a problem with it. Well, who are they? I'm not telling. I mean, it just was the back and forth. So Kuhn says you're inciting things and quit being a drama queen. And then all of a sudden it comes to the the wokeness and we're not going to put up with this sort of thing because you're, you're calling people, you're labeling people. And I don't stand for that who, on my, who went that route? Bukowski. Oh, for a drama queen. Oh, oh come on. that's oh, okay. That's wow. what that's exact. He posted a video that I watched. I was on your side until that happened. And I was just like, well, what are you, what? John Coons new to the media business. In the last couple of years, he, he's a player. And he works for the Packers. Yep, he work. He's on their. He's on their broadcast. Yep. He was a former Packer. Rogers is his friend. Rogers is the reason he has a Super Bowl ring. I get it, but you know you got to be careful if you're cooing too, because you got to maintain some credibility here. Correct. And um, you know, calling you know calling for somebody to give up their sources like that's just dumb. That's not going to happen. No, no, no reporter or even want, even if you don't call this guy or technically a reporter, no wannabe reporter is going to do that because you'll never become a reporter. No, and nobody will talk to you again. No. So he's, he didn't do that. And, and so Kuhn does that. And then it's like, where and it we- doesn't mean he might've talked to the freaking punter. It does, you know what I'm saying? He might've talked he, to the guy who hands out the towels, who hears everything. Yes. Yes. You don't know you who don't it know. was, but he's inside the locker yeah. room. It might not have been, um, you know, Bakhtiari or or Aaron Jones. but might have been a trainer. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah, exactly. So then he says, we don't do, we, we don't label people with this, and we don't put up with this behavior and this insulting and blah, blah, blah. And then a guy I went to high school with, as he's doing all this, he says to Bukowski, is this you? And he cracks off a tweet from like 2021 or 2020 where the guy where Bukowski calls somebody a name and then puts the queen emoji right on there mm. to a dude. Okay. Think that got a response? <laughs> no. Of course it of course didn't. Not. That's why you can't be calling people out for that shit because everybody's done something. Correct. And if you're dumb enough to tweet a, tweet something stupid, it's going to come back Somebody's going to gonna track it down. Yeah. But no, I haven't. Fi- that That's as deep as I didn't look at any of the threads. I just kind of went, really, guys? Yeah. Come on. This is stupid. So any encouragement going into next oh, week coming out of this game? No. Well, just the fact that we'll get into this later with the trade deadline that the Lions are probably going to be without one of their best players. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's about it. We can get into that later, but no. To me, I mean, people are glass half full on this after the trade deadline. It's like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers go, you know, 6-2 and two the rest of the way and blah, 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 or however many games are left. And I'm like, what are you talking about? 
I, I mean, if you lose to the Lions now, you got a huge. You're already in trouble. You lose to the Lions, your seasons is your seasons done. You're done. Yeah. So I, I'm not saying I've cashed it in, but I have no hope. You and I were chatting today. And and you just think that because the NFC is so bad, Green Bay still has a chance to make make the playoffs as a seventh seed, and that's fine if they do. I don't think they're going anywhere, even if they do. So to me, it's like, well, why bother at this point? I mean, you didn't do anything at the deadline to strengthen your team and their chances of being successful. So I mean, what are we really looking at here? You know, we're just going to stand pat, and these are the guys that we like, and these are the guys that we're going to. Well, what's it gotten you so far? Not much. You all of a sudden just going to find yourselves and turn it around. You, you've got the balanced offense that you want or you thought you wanted. Now you're not sure that that's what you want. And the offense is the problem. The defense is a mess. I I don't know where you go from here. I, I really don't. Have we bottomed out? Maybe not. Maybe. Hmm. I, I honestly don't know. So that's that's what, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. And and we can talk your com- your comparison to a, a a baseball team when we get to the trade deadline yeah, and yeah. sitting on the hands, but um, is this game uh, the Bears game as lopsided as the score was, or was it worse? No, I mean I didn't think it, it well, was either. I don't know what the hell happened to the Bears defense. The first four times the Cowboys touched the football, they scored, scored. a touchdown. Yeah, so it was twenty eight to seven, like immediately. Um. And then the Bears have done what they've done all year. They've been a good second half team. They came back. They cut it to twenty eight to twenty three, and then um, a couple stupid things happened. I think a fumble, and uh, the Cowboys ran off a couple touchdowns in a row. So the defense was bad. The Bears' defense that was that was definitely their, I think their worst performance of the year. The Cowboys just that first half, especially well, about the first quarter and a half, they just shredded them. I mean, they did whatever they wanted. Tony Pollard, I mean, Zeke didn't even play. Pollard comes in and runs for 150 and three scores. Um, Dak was picking them apart in the first half. So that was disappointing. But all of a sudden the Bears look like they have a professional football offense. And... Justin Fields has looked really good the last two weeks. Um, he's he's he has improved every game. I think as the season has gone along, it's and it's not going to be leaps. You know, it's going to take some time. But seventeen for twenty three, hundred and fifty yards passing, two touchdowns, um, and then eight rushes, sixty yards, and a rushing touchdown. It's pretty good. I mean, six incompletions, you account for three touchdowns on the road against a, a, a good defense. Dallas has got a good defense. Um, I saw the pick get called back, and then the next play they scored. Yeah. That was cool. Yep. So he he's improving. I mean, there's still some things, obviously, that you can pick out. You know, they ran a two-point conversion after they cut it to 28 to 23, and they were going to run a pass play, and – he didn't even look to his right, and he got smoked. Like, unblocked guy just smoked him. And it's like, well, you kind of got to have a little awareness here. He's still a little loose with the football in the pocket that he needs to work on. But in a lot of aspects, it does seem like the game might be slowing down a little bit for him. And I think that, you know, I, I was not impressed with Luke Getze the first five weeks of the season. But, you know, you got to give him 
some credit because they have changed some things to try to get Fields on the move, get him outside um, and some bootlegs where he can make the decision on whether he wants to throw or he wants to run and use his athleticism. I mean, he he makes he makes like two or three plays a game that are maybe five guys in the league can make. I remember you said that last and, week. You know, and that's that's been pretty impressive. So, you know, I said last week, I think the Bears actually have a pretty good coach in, in Matt Eberflus. It's a little concerning they keep falling behind in these games, but then it's also encouraging that they've been able to right the ship in a lot of these second halves and make these competitive games or even come back and win a game. So the preparation, something might be a little off there, but your in-game adjustments seem to be very good. So, you know, if you can marry that together a little bit, you might have something, but... You know, I didn't expect them to lose to Dallas. I'm not really that worried about the score, like I said. But, um, you know, I think they're they're heading in the right direction. It's slow. It's incremental. But, you know, I, I, I like what I've seen through the first eight games. It's better than I thought it was going to be. I think I had them, when I did the predictions, I think I had them at three and five. But it it's looked different. Than I thought it would look, and and that's that's a good thing. So okay, all right. Um, let's go through the rest of the games, and then do some previews before we get to the trade deadline, which there was a lot of stuff. As you mentioned, every time you seemed to log on, something was happening. A lot of stuff in the division, um, except for well, except for Green Bay, seventy five percent of it. So we'll get seventy five percent of the division. Yeah. That's right. Uh. Do you watch any of the Thursday night game in your standard def uh, Amazon Prime with uh, the Bucks and the? I watched a Ravens. little bit of it. I think I think the Bucks were on that night. I was watching something else too, but yeah, I mean, Tampa's just bad. Tampa's bad, dude. Is They're, everybody still hurt? Uh, or are they kind of getting well, people back? God, I think Godwin's back. Evans is back. Fournette's there, but their line's not good. No, and Brady's got a personal life. Crisis yeah, there's, they're a mess. That's not good. They're a mess. And, you know, you run into a, a Lamar Jackson team. I think they were coming off a bye. And, um, you know, he he played well. Jackson played well in that game, the, the little bit that I did see. And um, it really wasn't even this close. I think Tampa scored a late garbage touchdown. But Baltimore dominated them pretty much that whole game. Who's going to win that division? We'll, well, we'll get to that, okay, but it's, right. I mean, you got a dice? <laughs> you want to draw names out of a hat? That seems bad. There's a couple of divisions in the I was just like going to say, is it the AFC South? No, no that, one, that one's fine. It's like uh, the AFC... Um, North? North, at, well, right now, and, and... East is... East, yeah. Meh. But the NFC West, that's another one. Mm. Yeah, there's a couple. All right. Uh, I didn't watch. Was the London game even on? It was on ESPN Plus. So you had to. So be I didn't a, watch a subscriber. it. Yeah, I didn't I mean, watch any of it. It would have been bad. But, yeah, I mean, I mean who? I, but I'll wake up Sunday and not, turn on football. That's fine for that. Are you no kidding me. <laughs> That's going to entice people for to sign up for subscriptions to the Broncos and the Jaguars. Man, both them teams stink. I mean, the Trevor Lawrence thing. I, it seems like at times it go, it's going well, and you're like, okay, we're on the right track. And then the bottom falls out. Yeah, I mean, he he 
he doesn't seem to be the difference maker at this point that I think people thought he was going to be. And, you know, I didn't watch a ton of him at Clemson, but I remember him doing a lot of damage with his legs. Mm -hmm. And we haven't seen that in the pros much. So I don't know if they're trying to protect him from himself. Just going to say. Or or what that is. But scheme? I, I don't know. It's. You know they're they're sitting at two and five again with kind of a season on the line game this week for them, and you know Denver gets a win, but I I, I still think that team stinks too. Overtime finish with the Falcons and oh. the Panthers. All I saw was the score, and it was an OT. I have no idea what happened. Well, the the Falcons were winning, I think, the whole game, and then it was thirty four to twenty eight, and. Carolina throws like a 70-yard bomb to DJ Moore for a touchdown. So the game's tied. And DJ Moore does the one thing you cannot do on a football field. It's an automatic penalty. Took his helmet off. 15-yard penalty. So move, now move the extra you have point a 48-yard extra point, 49-yard extra point, whatever it is. I missed. He missed it. Then you go into overtime, and the kicker ends up missing another 40-something long one, and then Atlanta wins. And I'm watching some of the terrible shows that are on during the day. I'm watching some clips on YouTube. And all the players that are on these shows, and this is why you really you really got to take what players on TV, former players on TV say with a grain of salt sometimes. Like, to a man, they were blaming the kicker for the Carolina oh, losing that game. It's always and, the and, kicker's and they're not, fault. they're not blaming DJ Moore for no. taking it. I actually heard LaShawn McCoy saying that you can't expect a player to not do that because it's so emotional to score a touchdown that it you just can't expect that. And it's like, dude, what are you talking about? It's the fucking rule. I was just going to say, you it's can't a, expect I, players to follow the rules. It's a dumb, it's a dumb rule. Fine. I, I can break dance. But I can't take my helmet off. We can all gather after an interception. Yeah, we and can go, lay down and pose. pose. That's we, right. We can do a choreographed dance with the entire offensive line. Can't take your helmet. Can't off. take your helmet off. I agree, it's a dumb rule. But to expect that you don't have the emotional and mental uh, discipline to not do that, and oh, you you t- you were tied. It wasn't even a game winner, right? It's just unbelievable. I mean, teams are finding more ways to lose games, I feel like, this year than I've ever seen before. Whether it's just atrocious coaching or this kind of shit, it's amazing. (laughs) Uh, But I always say, man, bad teams find ways to lose. Yes, that's true. They do. Uh, Detroit's winning almost the whole game, and Miami comes back and beats the Lions. And Tua looks good in the second half doing so. And Detroit continues to sink. Yeah, I didn't watch a second of this game. I'm not so. surprised. Um, this was closer than I would have thought. You weren't surprised that Arizona was going to give them a game. Yeah, Minnesota scored late. A late Dalvin Cook touchdown to to seal this one. Yeah, I mean, Arizona's just a team. They just hang around. And Kyler Murray's one of those guys where it's like, you know, he could make a play or two and steal a game. But, I mean, Minnesota, dude, like, just, I'm not buying it. <laughs> Just not buying it. You think if they go somewhere or, eat, or even at home, if they play somebody 
That might be good. Well, the only not. thing is who? who? That's what I who? I, I, was, I was just trying as I was saying that, <laughs> well, yeah, thinking you, in the NFC, you, like, you who are we going to play? On. It's like, okay, right. well, yeah, at least yeah, they're I'm okay. Not, not sure. What is, what's going on with the Raiders? Well, I think, like, like half the team had the flu. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Devontae Adams was not going to play, and then he played, and I have him on my fantasy team, and I'm watching the line score. He He had, like... One catch for three yards. He had like three targets. So they they got their ass kicked. Sounds like a bunch of dudes were sick. Um, Josh McDaniels again. This head coaching things get away from uh, you know the big shield and umbrella of Belichick. Not going well for him again. And they have talent. Yeah, they have talent. So I mean. You got Derek Carr, you got Devontae Adams, you've got Darren Waller, and you've got Josh Jacobs. Those are good skill position players. And your defense isn't garbage. It's not like they're giving up 40. So I I don't know, man. I mean, there's a couple coaches this year that could be one and done. Uh speaking of Belichick, went over the Jets. Yeah. Zach Wilson just kept throwing it to the Patriots. How many picks did he have? He had three. Well, I saw Sala came out today and said that he's our quarterback and that's what's happening. Well, and he better be because if not him, you got to play Flacco. So that's not going to go well. Uh, Philly pounds Pittsburgh in the battle for Pennsylvania. Yeah, not not too surprising. Not not shocking. Pittsburgh continues to three sink. touchdowns for AJ Brown in the first half. That was impressive. Wow. Uh, Tennessee barely gets by Houston. Yeah, this game wasn't as close as the score. Tennessee dominated this game. Derrick Henry goes over a hundred or two hundred yards for the fourth consecutive time against Houston. That's incredible. So if he played a full season against, against the Texans, <laughs> he'd run for like four thousand yards. It'd be like it'd be Tech Mobile, Bo yeah, Jackson. Yeah, it'd be like Bo and Tech Mobile, or it'd be like well, that one year. Uh, was it? Uh, was the dude at Iowa State when we were kids? That ran for all those yards. Little Iowa, little guy. Iowa State. Troy, oh. Troy something. Oh, yeah. I can't think oh. of his name. Shit. Mm. But he had one of those years where he ran for like 2,600 oh. yards. Now i got to look this up. Yes. Good. Troy Smith. Good guy. Troy, Troy Bell. Something uh, like that. Troy Smith. I thought he was a quarterback for Baltimore. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Iowa. Well, anyway, so yes. that that happened. Then wa- the, the Carson Wentz Bowl, Washington versus Indy, and then Carson Wentz doesn't even play. And Taylor Heineke pulls one out of his deep, deep, deep elbow deep of his ass. Troy Davis. Troy Davis. There you go. And uh, Washington beats Indy by one. I mean, God, that game. That must have been. There were, like, the afternoon games on Sunday were, uh, I'm watching on Red Zone, they were so bad. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> And then this next one was one of them, too. The Niners just pounding the Rams. Which, I mean, was not surprising, I think. Eight straight regular season wins for the Niners against the Rams. The only game in between the Rams have won was the championship game game. last year. But three touchdowns for McCaffrey. Threw one, caught one, ran for one. Pretty impressive. Yes. Um, That's a scary team, the Niners. That's a scary team. Again. Nobody would have thought that. I don't think they didn't know what to believe coming in. Best thing that happened to him was Trey Lance getting, getting hurt. hurt. Yes. Yeah. And then Jimmy G takes over, and it's like, hey, we we remember how to do this. Yep. 
We did it last Run year. Run the ball. Let's do it play again. defense. Yeah. Don't lose the game for us, Jimmy. Um, I was a little surprised at this, but we talked about it going in. They were so, due, man. Giants see, were due for a stinker. But, I mean, and the Seahawks are they're good, man. sneaky good. They're good. They're a good team. They got a good defense. They're well coached. You know they're going to have a pretty good D, which they do. They're fast. And if Gino doesn't kill you, dude, is he having he's a resurgence? Just a, he's like, just, I think he's just a late bloomer. Career resurgence? I think he's just a late bloomer. We've seen that over the years with guys who they get, they get into their eighth or ninth year, they turn 30, and they just kind of figure things out. And I think he's figured it out. He he was there as Wilson's backup, so he knows the system. Sure. They found this Kenny Walker kid that's the new star, new young star running back who's really good. And then you still got freaking Lockett and Metcalf. I mean, these guys are actually kind of good. It's surprising, but, you know, and then Daniel Jones had to play on the road against that freaking f- crazy fandom they have up there. They won. Monday night, This I was actually shocked that Burrow has never beaten the Browns. He's 0-5 now. Yeah. That's so, a little Stefans- surprising. Stefanski's 5-0 and in his career as the coach. This was an absolute demolition of the Bengals. They sacked him five times. Dude, Cleveland's defense was phenomenal. I mean, uh, Joe Burrow, the first drive, leads him down, gets to about the 20, tip ball, interception for the Browns, and that was the end of the game. I mean, Cleveland ran all over him. Chubb was was great. Brissett made the throws he needed to. And Burrow, I, I, mean, I don't know if Jamar Chase means this much, but... There was a stat at one point, I think, early. It was late third, early fourth quarter. Burrow was getting rid of the ball in 2.35 seconds. It was the fastest of his career. Probably afraid Because he was going to get murdered. Yeah. They were down 32 to 13 with like four minutes left in the game. And I'm like yelling at the TV, why is Joe Burrow in the game? Are you trying to get him killed? He's already blown his knee out. You're not scoring three times. You have 13 points. You're not scoring three times in three minutes against a team that's only given up 13 points in 50 fucking eight minutes. Take him out. I don't get that. You seem to get that a lot around the league when you know you're going to lose, but they still play their most. Dude, if it's a rookie or or like fields in your side, I get it. Joe Burrow went to the fucking Super Bowl last year. He is your franchise. What are you doing? You've already got Chase out for six weeks. What are you doing? I don't understand that. That's just that's just poor management of your of your team. <laughs> All right, so we're not yet halfway through the season, but things are already kind of starting to I, formulate. I, I felt like we kind of had to lay this out to, sure. to take a look at it. I well, mean, teams I mean, are starting to kind of separate a right, little bit. Because it's, I mean... We talked about Tennessee. I mean, Buffalo's the cream of the crop in the AFC, and that's fine. And KC, to me, is right there, followed by Baltimore. The team that doesn't belong, even though they're up there, is Tennessee. Right, but they're in the crappy AFC South, and they have the best player in the conference or in the league in Derrick Henry. And they ride him, and it works. Like we said, they're going to go 11-6, and 12-5. They're going to get a first-round bye, and they're going to get beat. It's, it's, it's going to happen. 
So then, in addition to Casey and Baltimore right behind him, yep. you've got the Jets and the Dolphins, both in the same division, both at 5-3 and three, with New England right in back of them at 4-4. Four and four. Yep. That's pretty impressive for that division, surprisingly. If I had to pick one of those teams to fall back, I think it, I would pick the Jets. I would, too. Because I just, you know, I, I don't trust New England's quarterback situation either, but I but they got Belichick and. He, I just, he's more apt to figure something out. But after what I saw this week with the Jets and Wilson, and even in the Packer game when they beat the Packers, he only threw for ninety nine yards. Um, you know, when when the weather gets cold, you've already lost your stud running back. Eh, I, I just feel like that's that's a team I could see falling out. You got, the, you got the Chargers right now in the seventh spot at four and three. And I can't take them seriously. They have had so many injuries. If they if they can get right and hang around, I think they can sneak in. The other team at four and four is the Bengals. And without Jamar Chase, and after what I saw last night, I, I've, I mean, they might just be a five hundred team. I don't know. And after those teams, it really drops off in the AFC. A lot of two win teams. Um, that are kind of fighting for their lives this week, and we'll get into that with the matchups. But So then you go to the NFC, which even though you have um, at some points better records at the top, it just also seems like the teams just aren't as good when you compare them to their um, partners in the AFC in their respective spots. I yeah, mean, I mean, how Phil- good is Philly even though they're unbeaten? Well, they've they've put it on everybody. They've blown some leads in these games and let teams back in, but they've still closed the game out. But they're putting it on teams. But if you look at their schedule, they haven't really had a very tough road here. Um, you know, they're seven and zero, but they're only—I mean, they're they're two games up in the in the loss column on Dallas and the Giants. But I don't—I th- know they've beat Dallas. I don't think they've played the Giants yet. So. Those teams are going to pick each other off a little bit, you would think, mm-hmm. the second half of the season. Um, I mean, the Vikings at 6-1, and one, they're already three games up in the loss column on Green Bay. Oh, or yeah. Four, or three, no, four games up. Three and five. Yeah, they're four games up on, on the Packers and the Bears, if you want to throw the Bears in there. But, yeah, I mean, that division might be over. Well, I think... well you're four games up, plus you've already beat the Packers. Correct. So... That's what I that, think. That 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 division is probably over. I, I mean, I don't think unless barring there's, a collapse or an injury. If Mike Zimmer was still the coach, it's not over. Well, if Cousins got hurt, I you know I don't know who their backup quarterback is. Kellen Mond, maybe I don't know, oh, but I don't even know. They had something going on during training camp where they brought yeah they might have cut him. I don't yeah, I, I can't don't know but, how what that ha- what worked. But Minnesota's got a decent team on paper that they might be able to survive that, mm-hmm. but. No, to me, the division is over, barring something catastrophic happening in Minnesota and then something monumental happening in Green Bay. Um, well, then you got out west where Seattle's winning it at 5-3. and three. God, I just would never have pegged that at this point in the season. You know, Niners are only 4-4, four and four, but you kind of feel like they might be about to get it rolling. And then the Rams at 3-4, and four, and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, man. I, 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 that team can't score. It's just so interesting, and we see it every year, but we never choose to acknowledge it on which playoff teams fall off the face of the earth. Well, it's usually not the champ. 
right? True. It's usually, I mean, the Bengals falling off. The team that loses the Super Bowl doesn't make the playoffs quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I remember hearing something before the season, like, over the last couple years, like, 40% of the teams that made the playoffs don't make it the next year. It's a lot. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to have some new blood in there this year. I don't know if it's going to be good blood. We may, You know, we're going to replace potentially guys like Stafford, Rodgers, and Brady with Geno, Marcus Mariota, and Daniel Jones. I don't know that that's ratings gold for the league. <laughs> I mean, you know, New York's a big market, but yeah, I don't know that Daniel Jones moves the needle for the guy in Louisiana. I would say not. You know, what does he give a shit about the Giants? Probably not at all. And all then, right, and then you got the South. Yeah, Atlanta's four and four, which is just a miracle. And Tampa is three and five, and the Saints are three and five, and both neither one of those teams are very good. So, and and we didn't even talk about Washington is four and four. They're technically tied with the Niners for the seventh spot right now. Washington, that's four teams out of the East. So those teams are going to pick each other off, like we said. Right. There's going to be a little attrition there. But, I mean, I think there's a very good chance we have one for sure sub-500 division winner in the NFC. And depending on what happens between the Niners and the Seahawks, maybe two. I don't know. I, it's, I mean, Dallas Dallas could go like 13-3 and three and have to play a road game against an 8-9 and nine Atlanta. <laughs> like that's, you know, like that's to me where it's like, okay, what are we doing here with right. the seating? Like, well, they won you, the division. That, that gets you in. That gets you in. That shouldn't get you an advantage over a team in a better division no. with a better record. That's that's not right. I don't disagree. Yeah, that's not right. I did just But then, well what do you get for winning your division? You get in. You get in the that's tournament. That's all that's all it means. A division? You get to print a hat and a t-shirt yep. and you get to go to the playoffs. Yep. That's all it is. That's all it is. Okay. All right. That's, that's what I think. Okay. That's that's fair. Everybody wants to change shit all the time. Let's change that. <laughs> all right, week 9 starts on Thursday. This will this will be a massacre. Yeah. Philly at Houston. Be watching. T- I'll be watching Barkley and the boys that night on TNT. I would, as- I would assume yep. so. Chargers and the Falcons in Atlanta. Big game. Yeah, it is. Big game for both for teams. Both. Um, boy, I my gut says Chargers, but okay, wouldn't shock me if Atlanta found a way because they seem to find a way to hang around in all these games. I'm a not a believer in the Chargers, so I'm going to pick. Atlanta. I'm going to check my. I threw this away after I posted our podcast last week. I want to keep these just to kind of keep track of how well I do. Uh, Miami over the Bears. I would think this is Soldier actually Field. a big game. Mm-hmm. Um, if Miami wins this game and goes six and three, you're they're sitting really well. You lose this game, and now you drop back to five and four. And now you're in that Charger Patriot Bengal territory, right? Mm-hmm. If the Bears lose, I think you can cross them off at three and six. The Bears win this game and are four and five. You they're can't. Right in you, they're in the mix. Yep. I think they have to look at it going. We should try to make the playoffs. We should do everything in our power now. Get some young guys some playoffs to make the playoffs. Experience. Why not? Sure. What's because at the end of the day, and we've talked about this. What's the difference between the 
20th pick and the 18th pick. It's not. Nothing. You need to be at the way yep. bottom of the barrel. You, you'd never want to be stuck in the middle in in no man's land and just outside the playoffs. Especially if you're still rebuilding. Right. Like, either bottom that, out or, that or, or no. try. No, that doesn't do anything for you. But, you, you know, it, it. I think Miami will win, but it's a potential huge game for the Bears. Carolina and Cincinnati, I have to go with the Bengals on a bounce-back game. I would think so, yeah. Um, Packers at Detroit. Again, this would be you lose this game, absolute disaster. Yeah, I mean this. It's not going to be to the level of Green Bay losing at home to Arizona when McCarthy got fired. But if they lose this game, it's on the road. But I mean, you continue this downward spiral, and then you have to ask yourself, where if it doesn't end here, then where does it? That'd be a long ass flight over Lake Michigan. Start pushing people out. Hey Lafleur, you got your parachute? Parachute or not? That's right. Joe Barry, what's a Joe Barry? Joe Barry. Yep. Yep. You, gonna, hopefully, you don't have your parachute. <laughs> we're we're going to give you a rowboat. Uh huh. Bye. We're going to give you the inner tube that Indiana jumped out of in, uh, in the Temple Indiana, of Doom. That's right. Hope it inflates. <laughs> uh, Patriots and the Colts. Boy, I, I that's got, a gross game, but yeah. I think you got to go with the Pats at home. I do too. Um, you think the Jets are really looking forward to this game against Buffalo? Is this a prove-it game for them? Oh, I, I mean, it's got to be. I mean, I, you know, you lose this game, you're out of the division hunt, and you. I think you put yourself in a really rough spot the rest of the year for, for making the playoffs. I I just don't trust their quarterback play. It's, it's hard to imagine zach wilson right now from what we've seen leading this team to like another five or six wins i just have a hard time believing it vikings go to washington this would be a big game for the commanders and it would really be a huge win for minnesota not the fact that they beat a 500 team but to just continue floating to the surface of the nfc yeah i think you know they they've lost their one losses to philly so you've you've already lost your tiebreaker there i think getting the two seed would be a big deal for Minnesota, you know, allow them to play that first game at home or they've got a hell of a home field advantage and then be on the other side of the bracket from, from Philly. So it's where they'd like to stay. Worst game of the week. As far as records are concerned. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Vegas at Jacksonville, a combined four and 10. The loser's done. The loser has no prayer. They're done. I think they're probably both already done, but that's what I think, you know, if you've got a, a, a sliver of a chance, if you're the Raiders, you have to win this game. Seahawks are going to go to the desert and play the Cardinals. Mm. This smells upsetty to me. I'm picking a lot of road games, but I just don't. This smells upsetty. I'm not taking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna come back to that. Cardinals one. at home. Yeah, just like the fact that Seattle just starts to really say, "Hey, we're here. We're actually good." And then the Cardinals say, "Well, we're still here too." Still a division game, yeah. man. You know. Uh, this is a bad game too. Rams at Bucks. Normally during the right, like this would be something that would be huge. This is your three o'clock Fox Aikman Buck game. Normally six and nine combined records for the Rams at the Buccaneers. Mm. Tom Brady really going to be three and six? Isn't this really reminiscent of that that last Favre year in Minnesota? Yes. We, I talked about that before the yep. season. It is very reminiscent. The only thing missing is um, Tom Brady getting killed by a guy on the Bears on Monday Night Football and getting dragged off the field like Favre did. <laughs> I'm going to go Brady at home. I, I I think the Rams just continue to go downhill. 
Uh, t- this is a good Sunday night game, yep. Tennessee and Kansas City, but tiebreaker game for seeding too. Both division leaders, same record. See, and this is where I think people are like, "Yeah, okay, let's not let's not jump wholeheartedly on the Titans bandwagon." If Kansas City wins, like, yeah, you may have a good record, but now you face somebody that's really good and in their place. I I, I think the Chiefs kind of assert themselves. You here. would think so. You know, but, you know, Derrick Henry runs for a buck 80 and he gets three scores and they slow that game down and win 21 to 20, 21 to 18. You never know. Who thought it'd be a good idea to put New Orleans on Monday Night Football? I don't I don't get that. Like, really? Does everybody get their chance now? Is that I don't know. where we're at? I don't know, but Baltimore and the Saints, I mean, I don't think that's a particularly sexy matchup, but no. whatever. All right, uh, trade deadline was this afternoon as we're recording this, and your team was very active. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it started, was it last week when they got yep. rid of Quinn? Yep. So Robert Quinn goes to Philly for a fourth rounder. I expected more out of that. You were fine. Yeah, I was fine with that. He's 34 years old. He's making a bunch of money. Um, He has not been very effective this year. Not this year. And, um, yeah, I, I thought that was fine. Okay. Uh, and then Roquan Smith got traded to the Ravens for second and fifth round picks and that they got a linebacker back. And if I yeah. believe the guys from Kimberly, A.J. Klein. Okay. I think so. Okay. So, so a Wisconsin high school product. Sure. Um, so at least they got a body. But second, fifth round picks, are you good with that? I mean, well, they're not going to re-sign him, it sounded yeah. like, after – that bridge seemed to be broken to me from what I was reading in the offseason when they didn't do anything. It's a little disappointing in the fact that he was a really high draft pick, and he's a pretty good player. But, you know, he's a tackling machine, but he doesn't really do much else. He's not really a big quarterback pressure kind of guy. He, I think he's caught like a tipped interception or something this year. Uh, but he's a weak side linebacker, apparently in the – Eberflus defensive scheme, that's not a position where you necessarily want to invest a lot of money. Um, you know, and when you have a defensive coach that's come in um, and has now, after nine games, I guess him and the general manager decided that he didn't fit perfectly the way they wanted him to, especially if you're going to invest all that capital into him. So, you know, to get a second and a fifth, um, you could do a lot worse, that's for sure. And then they went out, and they uh, they got a second rounder, and they traded their own that because that's not the Baltimore pick, correct? It's their I'm not own. sure which one okay. this is, but so I would assume if it's theirs, they would just move back in the second round. Just judging by the way that Baltimore and and the Bears are going to finish um, in the order in the league with right. the records at the end, and then they got Chase Claypool, the receiver from the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, you swap. Smith for Claypool, and you get a fifth-round pick, and you move back in the second round. And you get that linebacker. And the, and the linebacker. Yep. yep. Yeah. I, I, when you when you look at it like that, I think it was a great day, or a great day and a half because mm-hmm. they traded Roquan yesterday. Um, you know, Claypool's 24. He's got uh, two and a half years of service time under his belt. He's shown himself to be a pretty good player. You know, he played with old-ass Roethlisberger. Last last couple of years, Mason Rudolph, and then half a year of Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. So, and he still put up pretty good numbers. I think he was like 800 yards each the last two years, like six touchdowns and 50-ish 
reception. So definitely an upgrade from from what the Bears have. I think he's going to step in right away and be their their top guy. I don't I'm you know whether he changes their season. I I doubt. But it at least gives Fields some help, takes a little pressure off some of these other guys like Mooney and uh, Nikhil Harry, who they just uh, got back off mm-hmm. IR. So, yeah, I, I got no complaints. I was a little surprised. I actually thought they were going to try to trade David Montgomery. I don't think he'll be back. Um, and Khalil Herbert is putting up really better numbers on, on the same amount of carries. Um, so I was a little surprised by that. I thought maybe... A team like the Rams might might take a flyer on him, you know, throw a fifth or a sixth round pick for him, but uh, he's going to stick around. So I get a compensatory pick if he leaves in the offseason, yep. yep. and, and depending on what he signs for and whatever. Yeah. So the other two teams in the division were active, not named Green Bay, as the Lions uh, shipped TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings for two picks. Vikings Irv Smith Jr. bro uh, had an ankle injury. He got put on IR, and then Minnesota picked up the phone and called Detroit. And the Lions, with one win, were like, "Yeah, we don't really care. We 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 need a couple of picks because we're not doing anything this year. And if a tight end is one of our best players, then we need a lot more help than that." Yeah, yeah. And uh, Hawkinson's pretty good. Yeah, he's a guy that I wanted. I would have loved him, and I would have loved Irv Smith Jr. But Vikings fans apparently don't like him. Um, Saying that he has underperformed. He's he's been hurt a lot. Yeah, he's been hurt. I mean, he came off he was hurt early in the season, then he came back and he got hurt again and now he's on IR. So yeah. they, they want to be done with him. But I mean, adding a really good tight end to Minnesota, I mean, it's again another guy. I mean, there are groups of receivers and the tight ends, the running I mean, seriously. That's a really good core of offensive players, playmakers. Yep. I mean, really good. I mean, think if they had I mean, Cousins is he, he's a good quarterback. He's not fantastic, but imagine if they had a guy who was really good. You can win the NFC with Cousins this year. Yeah. This year you can. Yes. Last year you couldn't. This, this year, year you, you can. This year you can. So I was a little bit shocked at that. Um, and then the Dolphins are going for it because they got Bradley Chubb from the Broncos for a first-round pick next yeah, year. Yeah, that's a, that's a big... But that's not their pick, I thought, that they traded. No, I think it's the Niners' pick. That sounds right. Yeah, so it'll... You would hope it would be in the back half if you're a right. a Dolphin fan. But, um, yeah, some, some interesting trades. I did see our, our pal Lauren Cox on Twitter today saying that he thinks that a second rounder for Claypool is an overpay. Yep. And I was going to reach out to him, but I just got busy and I didn't have time. But, well, I, I, why? Why is it an overpay? Because, well, and here's another thing I saw. Rodgers came out today on McAfee and said that he had heard they were in on Claypool. Mm -hmm. Then it was reported. Josina Anderson said they were. That the Packers didn't want to give up a second for him. Correct. Okay. So, I wasn't a great guy at math. (laughs) But I think I have pretty good logic. So you're telling me that a second-round pick for Chase Claypool, who's already proven that he's an NFL-quality, pretty good wide receiver, and he's only 24, he's not worth that. But 23-year-old Christian Watson, who played at North Dakota, is worth a second? 
Make can you make that math work for me? Because I don't understand that. Well, I mean, I don't think you can. I, I can you base that on half a season of the guy being hurt so far and what? But 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 I already know Claypool's pretty good. Yeah. So why would he not be worth a second round pick if a guy who from North Dakota who I have no idea if he's any good? Yeah, but they've is already, worth a second round well, that's, pick, and that's why because. They want to see what they have in that rather than blow another one yeah. well, and, and and now do that. That's, I just that's think the way that's, this front office yeah, works, I, I, man. It's piss poor thinking, and that's why this team is not going to win a Super Bowl for a really, really, really long time. I, w- I think I'll let you go off on the Packers. I think Gudikin should be fired. I think that guy is a complete <laughs> fucking bozo. Tell me what that guy has done well in his tenure. What has he done well? He's been there, and they've had... Apparently, I think at least two, maybe three, bad defensive coaching hires. You can't hire the right special teams guy. <laughs> Matt LaFleur, okay, maybe he's a good coach. Maybe. Without but, good coordinators, you don't but, know. But, but we don't know. Right. On paper, it says you've drafted good defensive players. Where's the, where's the, where's the success on the field? You're incompetent on the offensive side of the ball, and you won't help out your Hall of Fame quarterback, and you will not part with any draft capital for any reason to get an upgrade at a position to help your team. I don't understand it. What are you? What do you do? What do you do? What What is your function during the day? I don't <laughs> understand. You're doing nothing. I don't even like the Packers. As a sports fan, I'm offended. <laughs> I feel bad for Packer fans today. I really do. I feel empathy for you guys. But you know what? We're used to it. Well, this, this, this and that this, leads me to my other point. It's like you're the fucking Chicago Cubs of the NFL. Not, and and you and I were talking about this up in your kitchen before we came down here. You have a brand, and you lean into the brand because it makes you money. The Packers are a monster NFL brand. They're one of the three or four oldest brands in the league. They have all this history. You've got the 30 years of the quarterback legacy. You're title town, even though you've won one Super Bowl in the last 50 years. You guys, not not you as you, but your team and the front office, they lean into that. Lambeau Field is always going to be full. You've got a freaking 30-year waiting list to get tickets. So we can trot out whatever we want. It don't matter. You ain't going anywhere. The fan base is not going anywhere. There's no there's no repercussion for not doing anything. There's no accountability. You don't have an owner. You don't have anybody pushing the front office to make moves. I had somebody tell me today, well, why would they make a trade? This season's over. Well, you can go get a guy who's going to play for you for longer than this year. I mean, come on. Use your brain a little bit here, Packer guy. Those aren't the guys that generally teams want to get rid of, though. They usually want to hang on to them if they see something in them that they're going to do. you have to give up something to get something. I know that, but they don't want to. You already said that they don't. But you, but you, so they're but, not gonna. But Gudikins, what, what, what he's hanging on to is the draft picks. Yes. You're not getting anything out of the draft picks. Your defense is not top-notch. Your offense has suffered because you won't invest in that side of the ball with with the skill position players. So what you're telling me you want to do, you're failing at it. What, 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 why are you there? I don't understand. I mean, at least, look, as a Bear fan, 
you can laugh and criticize the Bears till the cows come home. They gave up a bunch of shit for Trubisky. It didn't work. They gave up a bunch of shit for Khalil Mack. They gave up some stuff for Justin Fields. But you know what? I can't fault the effort. The the execution hasn't worked. I can't fault the effort. They're trying to go do something. Even even with this Claypool. Is the second rounder too much to give up for Claypool? We'll find out. We'll find out. They tried. They're trying to get somebody to help their quarterback. But they also at least had an extra one that they could play with. Packers. So 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 they they, they could afford to take Dude, a flyer on that. You, why are you defending them? You you always have an excuse. Why? Because I'm used to. I I got used to it in the Thompson era. This is how but, it is. But, I don't but my agree. point is, why are you defending it though? I'm not defending you, it. Yeah, you are. You just did. You say, well, you know, they had an extra one to give. I'm just just ex- fucking give it up. Complaining. I'm not. I'm not defending. Do I wish they would do the model that you have talked about and and go for it? Absolutely. But it doesn't do me any good to get riled up about it. It does. I mean, it's just like they're LeBron Jamesing. It is what it is. They're LeBron Jamesing Rogers right now. He's on a team with a bunch of dudes that have no shot at winning anything. Probably. And they're unwilling to part with any future draft capital to improve the team now in this little tiny window that you have to win. If you're not willing to do it, you should have traded Rodgers. See, but my anger has already been expressed in the offseason when they didn't do anything, and they stood pat with all those receivers, and they traded Devontae Adams away. I'm not so saying like, that. I'm not saying they were going to go trade. You know, they were going to trade a second round pick for Jerry Judy, and he was going to turn their season around. What can you do right now at the trade deadline, facing the problems that you have on defense and the lack of anything that you're doing on offense, which? As of right now, I don't know what the fuck because of his comments about finding a balance when it's the best thing that you've had. But some of their guys, Cobb's hurt, Lazard's hurt, Watson came back, now he's hurt. They had four guys healthy as soon as he went out. So it's like, what are you going to do at the trade deadline that is going to make any damn bit of difference? Well, I don't know. I don't know that it's going to make any difference tomorrow. Then why am I? Then why should I get fired up about it? Are you are you only a Packer fan for the rest of this season? No, but I don't think what they would do right now would be in the best interest of their future. That's not the way that they think. Their future is coming at the end of April. That's just the way that well, they think. Is, is I, I guess I'd have to ask Gutekinds, is Rodgers going to be your quarterback next year? I would say they probably don't know. I would okay, say well, they literally well, then, don't know. Then, then you failed at your job. How do you not know? How do you? Because it's not... up to him. It's not. Well, it is up to Goody, actually. No, yes. it's not. It's not up to Rogers unless Rogers retires and he's not retiring. I I, I put that at a one percent chance that he retires at the end of the year. It just the the philosophy makes no sense. I think that the fact, and I've said it a million times, the fact that they don't have an owner, it, it's charming to the Packer faithful. It's the worst thing that could happen to the franchise. There's no accountability for Murphy. There has never seemed to be much accountability for whoever their general manager is. It's a bad philosophy that has yielded a bunch of almosts. That's what it's yielded, a bunch of almosts. I don't like the Cubs comparison only because the Packers aren't lovable losers and they've turned out a better product if you just want to compare on-field success. Has it gotten them the same result in, at the end of the day? Yes, because they get those almost, and they get close, and they're in conversations, and they make the playoffs, or maybe they, I mean, yeah, okay, fine, but I don't know, I, I'm just, I guess I'm not comfortable just because well, it's the, of... it's the philosophy. 
It's the philosophy right. of Wrigley Field is going to be full. Right. We're going to sell a bunch of merchandise because people like to wear Cubs That shit. I agree with. People want to come to our stadium because it's a historical sure. landmark. Yep. And you know what? We can we can win 68 games this year, and we're going to fill it up next so year. So you are of the opinion that taking all that into account, management and the board of directors and the team president basically says, if we can win a Super Bowl, great. We can try to do this within the framework of what is allowed, but if we don't do it, we're still going to make money, and since we're a business, everybody is going to be happy, and the fan base will always be there, so who cares? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about this with the Brewers. The point of the whole, the point of existing as a professional franchise is to win. It's not to make money. It's to win. You're going to make money anyway because these things are gigantic now. The point of existing is to win. If if you're an owner that's only c- concerned about your bottom line, then you probably shouldn't own the team. I just have a hard time believing there's that sort of structure in place for all the people that are the decision makers that try to put a good fee- a good product on the field that just at the end of the day it doesn't really mean anything to them whether they win or lose. Because they it's, know it's that not, at least money's going to be there. It's not that it doesn't mean anything, but they're not willing to do what needs to be done to go the extra mile, because. to to take a chance, to maybe put your neck on the line. They're not willing to do that. Gudekinst is never going to get fired if the Packers go ten and seven every year. Eleven and six, ten and seven, eleven and six. They're not firing him. So then, what's stopping him? If all that stuff that you say is true, and they know because it's true, because if he goes for something and it fails. Now I'm on the line. Now so, my neck's so on the line. he's only worried about his job. I think all GMs are worried about their jobs. they're all going to make money and fans are yep. still going to be coming in the yeah. turnstiles and the tailgating, whatever. But because he's afraid of losing face and doing what he's going to be criticized as a bad job, that's not why he's going for it. All GMs, when they make moves, put their necks on the line. All GMs in all sports have an owner that they're accountable to except one. Murphy has the power to fire him any time that he wants. But in, in but, that sense, he's okay, an owner. Okay, I mean, but he, he's he, not the owner. He's the chairman of the board or whatever, yes. team president. Okay, so big deal. It, it's I'm I'm just telling you, it's different when you have an owner. It's just different. There's more pressure. Jerry Jones is breathing down your neck, saying win, 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 win. It's, it's just different. Mark Murphy's not doing that. At least it doesn't seem like he is because they don't. Do it in their actions. I would think then the fault should should be with Murphy rather than Gudikins for, for not dialing up okay. the pressure. Okay, but I still think Gudikins has been a shitty GM. Where's the results? That's fair. You know, you went thirteen and three the last couple of years because you had Rodgers and Adams. That's why. Period. End of sentence. And I know Packer fans, oh, you're a Bear fan. It has nothing to no, do with I, my fandom. No, I, I, I recognize you that know? what you're saying is doesn't come from a from a place of hatred. You're you're being analytical. Yes, I, I, I understand that. Do something. But it's it's hard for Packer fans to get riled up, and and this is where I will include myself in the in the mob that sometimes wants you know torches and pitchforks marching on Lombardi Avenue towards the stadium. It's just I think we've been conditioned this way from Thompson now to a disciple of his in Gudikins that it's just like you're trained now to believe that this is the system that they have. You have to understand that if it doesn't work this year, don't worry, down the line, it's set up to work sometime. But what drives me nuts is that, and I was having this conversation with a guy today, it's like, 
you you come up on a couple of these years where it's like fans aren't stupid. I get it; they're not immersed in everything in the front day to day office stuff. Fans aren't dumb in the fact that they can identify where weak spots are going to be. And you have money tied up in certain areas that you think, you know, there's talent and whatever. But you see these gaping holes. Journalists see the gaping holes. They start to ask the questions, and that's when you get the pushback and the dig in and the we're going to be fine, we like the guys we have, blah, blah, blah. Then the season starts, and what happens? All those things that everybody bitched about, they start happening. Like, that's what we told you was going to happen. Well, we're, we, we think we'll right the ship, and it's going to be fine, we believe in whatever, and it winds up not happening. So then when, when you get to the edge of something like the trade deadline or an offseason, and you have these problems, and you're like, are we going to do something about this? You can see the problem snowballing. You can see this developing in front of your face. And you think that these guys are going to be smart enough just to say, maybe we'll do something about this and plug this hole or stop this gap or do something. And nothing happens. That w- that's what drives me nuts, is that you you have these opportunities and, and I will equate that to the Brewers when they came within one game of the World Series and everybody thought, oh, this is going to be great. We know we're this close. They're going to do one or two things and it's going to put us over the top and now we've got a real good shot at really beating these guys. And they did nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I think ha- has happened the last few years in some of these areas where it's like, you know you're weak there. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. They'll go off the scrap heap. They'll draft a couple of guys that aren't going to contribute right away, and that hole will be filled in two or three years. But that's what we've been conditioned to do since Thompson took over over a decade ago. Well, and it's it's like that's like, like just, any abuse victim. It's just what we've been you sold. need to you need to walk away. Yeah, and people need to take their money and put it back in their pocket and and leave some empty seats in the stands. But that's my point. They can't. They won't. They can't. They can't. And the team knows it. Conservatism in sports, being a conservative front office isn't when you shit. Never has, never will. It's the aggressive front offices that are willing to go out and make moves that that win. I've told you on this podcast many times, I would like them to go for it. I wouldn't care about a couple of losing seasons, five if necessary, if one of these times you mortgage a whole lot of resources and just fucking go for it. And if it gets you a title, and then all of a sudden you need to slice and dice and sell the house and whatever, and then it drops you down, well, you got to build back up? Fine, because you know what? At least you did something. I would love that. I really would. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes you need to appease your fan base a little bit, too. Like, do, you, you could you could have done something today. You couldn't you couldn't have found a, a, another old lineman. For, to help shore up your line, you could. You, there wasn't a safety, safety out there. That's where I was going to go. That you could have got, you, 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 but you did nothing. Because tomorrow at the press conference, you get a couple softballs from Wildy, no pushback. Ooh. You walk away. You go to practice, <laughs> and you go and you play the Lions, and you you win, and you're four and five. Great. <laughs> All right. Let's roll through. We're already over an hour. This is ridiculous. Badger football by they're they're they got four games left. They're at home against Maryland. Uh they got Iowa and somebody else on the road. 
can't remember who. And, oh, Nebraska, and then they're home against um, Minnesota. Season's over. I think probably right now Leonard's going to get the job. Um, I think they're going to make a bowl. I think it's going to be a shit bowl. I think it's going to pacify everybody. At least we continue the streak, kind of like the Packers. Like, see, we still we still made this bowl. That's great. Leonard's a good guy. We'll we'll give the job. I, that's that's how that's how I see the season playing out. I didn't see any of this Michigan Michigan State brawl. All I saw was the headline today that Harbaugh wants charges filed. Yeah. What is that? Is this just him being him? Well, or is there some legitimacy? I mean, I didn't watch the game. I just saw the highlights of the brawl, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but. You know, a couple of Michigan kids looked like they were getting, quote-unquote, attacked by Michigan State kids. But, you know, I don't know. That's one of those things. It's like, why are you why are you hanging around? What were you saying? You just beat their ass. Why are you two guys in the middle of all these Michigan State dudes running your yaps? You know, and these these football teams, that they run out of the same tunnel. That's like what bad. Like, you got to figure this out. Is exactly. Happen. You got 90 people on each team all chirping. Like that's just stupid, and and some of the coaches should be like, well, you need to. But then Harbaugh, you know, just just shut up, Jim. Just shut up, dude. You're the same guy that I've seen in in the handshake line push another coach. Like, shut up, dude. You got a really good team. Go coach your team. Don't worry about this other crap. So that's all for that. Uh, baseball. Stearns resigned last week, and now uh, we've got uh, Matt Arnold as the new president of baseball mm-hmm. operations. How, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I got a text early that morning before it hit Oh, that it was happening. Okay. And I was very surprised. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know quite what to make of it yet because there were some interesting things that transpired. So... Apparently, Stearns has resigned as president of baseball operations or whatever his title was, but he's staying on in an advisory role, which what is that? I find that like? interesting. So is that code for Mark's still going to pay me? Okay, fine. Um, or is it? we're going to keep you on because we're trying to work out the compensation package that we're going to get from the Mets when you go work there. I find that mm-hmm. to be interesting. Um, the Matt Arnold piece of it, I've always heard pretty good things about him. Um, obviously, I think it's going to be very similar to the Stearns era, just based on the fact that these guys have worked together for years. I think Arnold came with Stearns from Houston, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But a couple interesting things. So a report came out that Matt Arnold and Council were spotted together the night before at a restaurant having dinner. Oh. Okay. Okay. So that's interesting. On the day of the announcement and at the press conference, Atanasio and Council were both missing in action. Yes. Mark chimed in on a Zoom later. Mark chimed in on a Zoom later, but wasn't there. Apparently didn't feel it important enough to show up in Milwaukee when he was uh, hiring a new guy to run his team. That's a little concerning. And Council not being there was interesting just because, I don't know, maybe other than Yelich, he might be the face of the actual team. Sure. You know what I mean? Yep. So that was a little surprising. 
But then you think about it, and I've heard some things, and they're just rumors. I haven't heard anything confirmed that there was a lot of strife between Council and Stearns with what went down at the deadline. Not only trading away Hater, but not improving the team. You can say getting guys that aren't helping you. You, you, right you now. cut my knees off, right? For, you know, from under me. So. I, you know, I don't know what to make of it. I guess we'll kind of have to wait and see. Look what you did to my locker room. Yeah, it seemed Look what like you did to my clubhouse. It seemed like there's some fracturedness, if that's even a word, in Milwaukee with the Brewers. Interesting. And I'm sure that if you ask people over there, they'd tell you that that's nonsense because that's what they always say. But um, I, I don't know, man. I think that. You know, was Atanasio pissed at Stearns? Did Stearns sell him this trade and then this and, happened? And then it blew up. And it was a debacle and the fan base was really pissed? Because the fan base was really pissed. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about, down the stretch, even with the Brewers in the playoff hunt, them stands weren't full. And you can come up with a lot of excuses, but in years past, those stands were full. Yes, and Brewer fans kind of closed their wallets up and were willing to walk away here, something that your football team fans are not willing to do. Same people, by the way. Yes. Same exact guy. Yep. Willing to bail on one but not the other. That's a story for a different day. But <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens here, you know, uh, around the hot stove, see if there's any moves made that are different from what we typically saw from Stearns, I guess. Are the Brewers a little more aggressive to try to make up for that debacle in, in July? I don't know. But it'll be interesting it's, it's to watch. Gonna, it's going to take some effort, yeah. I, I would think. Yeah. Um, that's for sure. Because they got, they speaking of a team that's got a lot of holes, the Brewers got a lot of holes. Mm-hmm. I know they were only one game away from the playoffs, yeah, but, but it seems... they were a long way away from being where the Phillies are. Gotcha. Because they got two guys on that Philly team, well, Probably three in Real Muto, Schwarber, and Harper. They're better than anybody on the Brewers. Sorry, Willie Adamas. They're they're <laughs> well, better. They're better you than you. Pick Willie Adamas, of course. That's well, been, that's your best guy. That's been your guy. But that's the best guy in the Brewers. Uh, World Series tonight. It got rained out on on Monday. So we we you know this is brilliant they, brilliant job by MLB. So once again, there was. We we do these CBS Sports Minutes, and the woman who does overnights, I think, on CBS Sports Radio, Amy Lawrence, gets the first one right away before she leaves the studio in the morning. We play her her little deal um, at uh, at five twenty, and her immediate thing was, "This is what you come up with. Now you're facing Thursday night football. Then you'd get an off day if this goes seven games. You face college football, and then you face the NFL, and you've played two games in eight days." Three games in three days. Yeah, but I'm saying from the time the LCS ended oh, right. yes, to yes. today, but now you're eight play, days you played two games. Now you're going to have to play three in a row Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday before you take a break if this thing goes back to Houston. Congrats. I won't be watching. I've already lost interest. It's I, too long. I lost interest too much before time. it started. I, I really didn't. I, it's That was it for me. Um, but the, anyway, the series is tied at one apiece, the, the third games tonight. Um. Bucks are almost through with their six-game homestand. Um, six and zero. They just beat the Pistons last night. A lot of guys in double figures. Holiday had a boy, knock down three tiebreaker with uh, forty-five seconds left or something like that that I saw. Um, 
and then Lopez knocked down a couple of free throws to ice it. Didn't Bogdanovich knock nail a three at the end to cap the scoring or something I like think that? So, I yeah. think yeah. so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been a good homestand uh, so far. I mean, they haven't played the, the world beaters. It hasn't been the little sisters of the poor either, but uh, or has it, to your eyes? No, I mean, you know, they beat Brooklyn last week. Um Pretty, pretty pretty easily. I mean that you know they won by eleven, but the Bucks were really in control and Giannis was was awesome. Um, they beat a pretty solid Knicks team Friday night again by eleven. They beat a a, a good Hawk team. The Hawks are going to be a good team this year. They yeah. got a lot of talent. Um, they beat them by eight Saturday night, and then as you said last night, the one by two, which it was a it was a really it was kind of an ugly disjointed game. Giannis, he ended up with 31-7, and seven, but he didn't play particularly well. Um, he got in some foul trouble, was in and out of the of the game. It was just, you know, thank God thank God for Brooke Lopez here in the first six games. He was awesome again last night. Um, but so far through the first couple of weeks, uh, the Bucs are, are hands down the best defensive team in the NBA. And That's what Lopez and Portis said last night. Yeah, and I think they've – I think um, – this group takes a lot of pride in that, and they really slipped last year without Lopez. And the the thing that they've done this year that's very interesting, the, under Budenholzer, um, they have given up the most three-point attempts in the league in the Budenholzer era. And we kind of saw that Game 7 against Boston last year that kind of broke the Bucks defense. Mm-hmm. Boston just, Grant Williams shot... 18 threes and made nine of them, and then he didn't make, like, three the rest of the playoffs. That game kind of broke the system. So the Bucks have revamped things. Now they're giving up, like, the fifth least amount of attempts from three, and they're finding out, oh, well, we can still guard the paint, too, with, with Brooke and Giannis. So it's been fun to watch. It's going to be a work in progress all year. There's going to be nights they get shredded from three. That's the NBA. It happens. There's good shooters on every team. But I think that that's something as we get into the playoffs, we're never going to see anything like we saw in the Boston series last year where they're just giving up 53 attempts. You just can't. I mean, even if you only shoot 38%, you're still making like 18 of them things. You just can't give that many up in this era and expect to win. So that's something to look at. They haven't really shot the ball that well. Um, Holiday were, was miserable the first couple games. They were 10 out of 40 last night or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they didn't make a three-pointer in the second half until, like, Holiday hit one with, like, four minutes left. They were, like, 0 for 14. Um, but helps on the way. Middleton was sent to the herd today. Oh, okay. Uh, to practice. So he's close. Um, Connaughton's right around that three-week mark uh, with his hamstring, so I think we're going to start seeing him back. So the Bucks should be getting a hole here. Um, probably in the next 10 to 14 days. And, um, you know, that'll be interesting to kind of see how Bud integrates these guys because he's been doing a nice job, um, you know, getting Wara some minutes. He even got Beauchamp some some decent minutes in the Hawk game, which was actually really surprising to see him in there. But um, I, I really like what I've seen, man. Um, you know, Holiday was awesome against Atlanta. He was really good last night. As I said, Brooks Brooks been Brook. Portis has been doing his thing. Giannis is the best player in the world. And the funny thing is, I was looking at the standings. They're already four games up in the loss column on Philly, 
and they're five games up in the lost column on Brooklyn and Miami. Those are three of the four teams you figured were going to contend in the East this year. So, you know, this might be a year the Bucks could uh, could be playing for that number one seed, which I would really like to see them have home court this right. year. Well, Brooklyn is kind of kind of a disaster right now, and they're. I mean, the Bulls are playing them tonight, and they're going to have they're going to have a new. I mean, are they, is this guy going to come in right away? Or are they going to have an interim? Or are they well, I mean, is this is, yeah? So is this happening or not? So they fired Nash today. Yes. Which, depending on who you listen to, how you look at it, it sounded like Nash went to them and said, "I'm fucking done. I'm tired of this shit." Um. So Jacques Vaughn, who is his lead assistant, is going to be the interim coach going forward. But the rumor is is they're going to now try to hire the uh, suspended Boston Celtics coach, Imi Udoka, which... But he's been suspended for the year, so he couldn't coach this year anyway, well, He's right? been suspended for the year by the Celtics, not the oh, NBA. Oh, got it. So okay. technically the Celtics could allow the Nets to hire him. I'm yeah, sure they'd get some they, compensation. They gave him permission. But I'd say, like 90, I'd say like 95% of the women that cover the NBA are losing their shit over this. Um, because you know, we don't, they, they haven't given up enough of the story. What was he suspended for? He was suspended for a a workplace relationship. They, some people have said it was consensual. Some people have said it if not, there was a power dynamic there. So like, I don't understand how you can be suspended by this team for apparently doing something bad. And the Brooklyn Nets are just going to not even care, and they're just going to hire you? Like, that's not going to go well for Brooklyn. Um, Last week, Kyrie came out and, like, liked some conspiracy theory anti-Semitic movie that has been widely debunked as false garbage. It's something about, like, Black people, the Afri- the old African black people are actually the original Jewish people, and yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. This he, seems like something Kyrie totally, would, would do. Totally. Flat earther. Totally. So then he had a press conference yesterday, and these guys in the NBA, the NBA press is different than the other leagues. They actually hold these guys' feet to the fire. And he was trying to explain his point and, and justifying why he did it, and he ended up getting mad and walking out of the uh, media session. Then last night at the Brooklyn Nets game at home, there was eight um, people that sat courtside, a couple of who were Nets season ticket holders who were Jewish and wore their yarmulkes and had fight anti-Semitism shirts. There was apparently a a protest outside the Barclays last night before the game. Um. It's just a dumpster fire for them. And and <laughs> yeah. and really at the end of the day, the guy who keeps lighting the match is Kyrie Irving. And I'm I'm disappointed in the NBA. The NBA came out today with a statement saying how they denounce anybody being anti Semitic or any forms of hate and yada yada yada. Didn't mention Kyrie by name and he has not been there he has not gotten any disciplinary action from the league or the team. I'm disappointed in the league, man. All you've done for the last two and a half, three years 
is your social justice, social justice, social justice stuff. But it has been very, very all about black people, right? Well, this is a reverse instance of that, where a black guy is going after a another group, another group that's technically not white. So you can't use that excuse. This is a he's going after a religious group. Now, I don't know that Kyrie. You know, it's one of those things. Does he personally not like Jewish people? No clue. No idea. I have no idea. But he's like he's like human Twitter. Like if Twitter were a person, it's Kyrie. Like I read something once. You can't convince me what I read is wrong. I'm going to double and triple down on it. And I don't really give a shit if you give me a better argument because <laughs> this is what I this is what I heard. He's like the walking embodiment. He's got the same disease Aaron Rodgers has, which is I'm smarter than you, itis. You can't tell these people nothing. And I'm disappointed that the NBA or, and the Nets have done nothing about this because if, I don't know, Luka Doncic said or, or, or liked something that said slavery never existed in America. What are you talking about? That's a myth. And you're like, dude, Emancipation Proclamation, 1863. It's right here. No, man. It's a myth. You don't think Luka Doncic would be suspended? Of course he would. You know, Kyrie Irving, I don't know what his deal is. I don't know if he's, like, trying to get kicked out of the league. I don't know if he wants people to hate him. But he's single-handedly ruining the Brooklyn Nets. And if Nash wants to go, fine. If I was Brooklyn, I would call the Lakers right now and be like, we'll take Westbrook. Durant will be pissed for a couple months. We can smooth that over, but we got to get this guy out of here. He's They've already got the 30th, uh, so worst season tickets in the league, the Nets do. Oh. Like, they have no fans. And the ones they do have are the people that come to watch their guy. Right? Oh, Kevin Durant is my favorite player. Yeah. Kyrie Irving is my... People are going to stop coming if you keep having Kyrie Irving out there and he's doing and saying this shit. They why just do are. People still, why are people still wearing Kyrie Irving jerseys? Well, like, don't... I don't know what? that a lot of non-black people are wearing them anymore. Gotcha. Um, you know... It, it, it's a touchy subject, obviously, and, and you know, we don't know these people, obviously, intimately, and I haven't seen this movie that he liked, but allegedly it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's like on the Holocaust denial level bad. So good luck, Katie, <laughs> with your, yeah. you know, hide your wives. I left Golden State for this. You know, you bring in a new doka, everybody hide their wives. Wow. And you're playing with Kyrie, so... You know what a dumpster fire. He may wake up tomorrow and think that you're a Martian and you're wearing fake skin. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so, Ooh, so that's man. that's that's going on. Cavaliers. Right. You know they made the big Donovan uh, Mitchell trade in the offseason. They're off to a really good start, five and one. And then, as I said, Nets and Heat two and five. Phillies four and four. So uh, Bucks are in a good spot out west. Portland surprisingly still five and one. Phoenix, who you would expect to be up there, is five and one. Somehow Utah's six and two. Somehow the Spurs are five and two. 
Dallas is only three and three. Golden State's three and four. The Clippers are three and four, and the Lakers are one and five. So, <laughs> all the teams with all the stars and and who people were picking to go to the finals in the West are stinking. And yeah. the teams that everybody thought were tanking for the alien over in France, they're kicking everybody's ass. So <sighs> I, I don't know. The NBA season's could, been weird. Could it reverse itself by the? Sure, of course. You know. Utah could easily lose ten in a row and be six and ten, and you'd be like, "Oh, okay, that's fine. That's not that's not surprising." But at the end of the day, the the good thing is, Bucks are six and zero, oh, right? And they haven't even been playing super great, and they're missing and they're their two best safe. shooters. They don't have all their guys, so okay, life is good. We don't have to get into any high school stuff. It's level three of the football playoffs. Basketball's two weeks away, two and a half weeks away. Um. It's the quarterfinals, so that means the top and the bottom of the brackets are having their one versus two seeds if all the chalk plays out. So you're starting to get to the really good stuff. You've kind of weeded out all the other teams. You've gotten some upsets. But now you're now you're getting into the real thick of things, into the quarterfinals. The semifinals, I believe, are played at neutral sites before you get to state at Camp Randall uh, in, in, in a couple of weeks. So that's playing out. We're getting sent to Purr to Sheen to cover Broadhead Judah, which runs a, a T offense. The fullback, I guess, is the coach's son. He leads the team and tackles on defense, and he's got, I want to say, like 19 touchdowns or something, and he's an, un, an ungodly football player. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing some talent. Um, and seeing a game right on the river over there in Purr to Sheen won't be too bad. Um, so we'll, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I probably won't pay attention much to the to the semifinals, and then we'll just see who's at state. And then uh, we're kind of working on trying to get back to good karma and call a game for ESPN. The problem is that first night of the state tournament or the third state finals, uh, the Packers play on Thursday night football, uh, so they don't know what they're going to do. Whether they're going to cover Packers or sure. do their thing, or they're going to do go in on state. They might take a break this year. I'm not really sure. So Bill and I might call a state game from Camp Randall. We might not. We'll see. But I'm but I'm going to go. I always like going up there. Um, to see that I'm not going to get to see the last game and a half because you and I have a game that night, our first big eight game. Mm. Uh, I think we're doing Parker girls in Verona. I think okay. something like that. So two uh, weeks from today, man, first, first high school game yep. girls. Yeah. Two weeks from today. Uh, Craig girls are at Stoughton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know that, that there, there's a Badger basketball game. Oh yeah. Night, we got to figure think. that so, out. Yep. I don't know if we're going to be able to, to do a, an online broadcast. If that's, if that's worth our time or not, or we just kind of kick things off with the big eight. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but what I'm really, really excited about obviously is, is the whitewater season and, and it's wrapping up in the next couple of weeks because the homecoming game against river falls was probably one of the most fun experiences and exciting experiences I've ever had at a live football game. Every Badger game, every Packer game, even the playoff game where they beat the 49ers um, in a monsoon, the year that they won the Super Bowl, I I, I don't know how I'm going to top it. I, I really don't. You've been in some big games that have gone down to dramatic endings at the wire and have, I'm sure some of them didn't go your way, and I'm some, sure some of them did go your way, but... I mean, calling a tie game as time expires, field goal that hits the crossbar and doinks over, and seeing the team run onto the field and the crowd go absolutely bonkers, I don't know how I'm going to beat it. I really don't, unless it's for a championship. Yeah, something bigger stakes, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know how you can top that. Yeah. I mean, 
unless the team's losing and it gives them the win rather than because if they missed it, it would have gone to overtime and you know they would have other chances to win. But it was absolutely unbelievable, unbelievable. They were up by three touchdowns. You turned it off. Yeah, I did. I thought I'm like, well, this is gonna be a blowout. They were getting smoked. Yeah, offense went in the tank, and I'm sure River Falls did some stuff. And then Whitewater, and then they're all, then River Falls offense came alive, and they tied, tied the game with three and a half minutes to go. I'm like, oh my god, momentum is just not not on Whitewater's side here. But defense stepped up, offense made some plays, and now they got a chance to, I would say, seal up the conference with a win at Stout this week. Um, it, it, the WIC is weird, man, and I don't know if we touched on this week about how the how the playoffs work. I, I think you had mentioned compared it to the NCAA tournament with all mm-hmm. those piddly conferences yeah. getting teams in. Because if you look at it, it's kind of like the high school tournament in that your first two rounds of the seeds, everybody gets weeded out. And and you can tell some of the conferences that have conference champions, even though they get in, they don't deserve to be there right. over, over some of the teams from the WIC. But they keep adding these conferences, and they keep soaking up the – uh, the at-large bids. So the WIC, even they, even though they have probably three or four really good playoff caliber teams, not necessarily that could win the national championship, but could win a game or two, uh, maybe three, they're not going to get in because there aren't that many spots to go around. You basically, the WIC, you got to win the, the championship or you got to get a close second and be ranked, and then you're getting in. Everybody else, you're done. Mm-hmm. Even though if you have a winning season and you're still ranked in the top 25, you ain't getting in. So, I mean, that was that was essentially a playoff game. Bullis said it in our pregame conversation last week. A little bit concerned about the quarterback. Came into the game against Platteville with five interceptions through four. Mm-hmm. Through two last week. Mm. So he's more than doubled his season interceptions in two games. Mm. Well, hopefully that's just a blip. From five or six previously. Yeah. I don't know. He, he seems less confident in the pocket. They're running the ball a lot better. Their defense is just phenomenal. They fly around and just annihilate people. That River off, that River Falls offense is fun, man. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, I get it how it could cost you games because it's so up-tempo if you go three and out. You're putting your defense on the field forever. Sure, yeah. Well, that's probably how they got behind, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, they had the first couple of three and outs. Whitewater goes down and scores. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you can keep doing this. That's fine. Um but they started making plays. I'm really excited. Stout, Stout's going to be a good time. They got to play spoiler. I think they're done. Um, and then Stevens Point next week. I don't even know if I'll mention it next week. But the pointers are just not good. Hmm. Um, and and Whitewater gets them at Perkins Stadium. Highly doubtful they stub their toe. So this to me is the week that you wrap up the conference. Um, and and hopefully Whitewater will know that um, and go in very motivated. But I'm I'm really excited to see. Whitewater hopefully will get a playoff home game or two if they if they can beat Stout. And then who knows where we go? Places we've never been before. That's the cool thing about this, that we're going to get to see a lot of the country. Well, what is it, Salem? You know? Hopefully you get there. No, it, they, they've now rotated it, and now it's in Ohio, I think, oh. this year. Maybe it's down in Texas. I can't remember, but it's no longer the Stag Bowl in Winston-Salem anymore. It's It's been moving. Hmm. So I don't know where we're going if we would get to the national championship. But, um, you know, they... I don't. I don't think they have neutral sites anymore. I think the higher seeds host all the way until the title game. If you, if they make the national championship, are you going to request they have a defibrillator in the booth? I might have just to. in case you stroke out. I might have to. <laughs> Can you have one of the athletic trainers just make sure? Hey, Bill, they, do you know CPR? 
I almost blacked out. <laughs> I almost keeled over. It was, un- I mean, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. My head's starting to get a little fuzzy. I'm getting a little warm. This feeling over, I mean, I can't do that. <laughs> Either that or I need to, like, drop 50 pounds well, and get in way better shape so that I'm not as at risk. Uh, all your chairs at home intact? Or? As of now, yes. <laughs> Thank you for that. That could have been a great Halloween costume for you if you just cut the broken a- chair, cut the ass out of a chair, and just and tape just it to your back. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> the chairs I keep destroying. Yeah. Well, I haven't wrecked this one yet, so that's okay. No, that's good. That's good. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go because I'm missing. I'm missing some red hot maction tonight. Oh, all right, no problem. Well, before we go, I just okay. want to. I got called out on uh, on Facebook by longtime listener Ian. Okay. And he said that I should have known. When we were talking about the Badger Purdue game in the early two thousands, the fumble game, and mm-hmm. that it was actually Kyle Orton who fumbled, oh. not Drew Brees. Okay, that sounds. And that right. as a Bears fan, that I should know that. Listen, pal, I can barely remember where I put my freaking keys. A lot of substance has gone into this body over the years. Cut me a little slack, my friend. Thanks for listening, Mister <laughs> Bam. Appreciate it. Of course, you know. <laughs> That will do it for this week of the intentional foul. I think this is our longest step. We may have touched. We, we were pretty long there. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we were. Well, we yelled at each other for a while for the trade deadline, so that was fun. <laughs> Thank you for listening, uh, downloading. Please subscribe, and please get one of your friends to uh, subscribe as well. Let's jack up the listenership. That would be nice. Yeah, and download that uh, that CLOJVL app. Yeah. So you can hopefully listen to us a little bit this, this fall and winter on the uh on the old hoop circuit. Always could so. use some more high school hoops listeners yep. as well. So until next week, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you then. Let's go, Bucks. Keep it up.